0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 191, Easy Emergency Preparedness for Families. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Early one morning several months ago, I woke up to a strange hissing sound in my room that grew louder and louder. When I opened my eyes, I saw billows of dark smoke pouring up over the side of my bed. My daughter Sally had climbed into bed with me at some point in the night, so she was right next to me and she woke up to the sound as well. She started screaming and clinging to me in fear. I was so disoriented from sleep and I could not figure out what was going on. Was something in my room on fire? Was there a vent on that side of the bed that was letting in smoke from outside? I grabbed Sally and ran from the room, yelling for my husband, who was in the shower, the poor man, Ryan, something is on fire. I woke up my son, who was in a room nearby, and we ran downstairs, but I suddenly realized that I wasn't very well prepared for this situation. I had been sleeping in my underwear, and I couldn't exactly run outside if we needed to evacuate the house. I also wasn't wearing my glasses, and I didn't know where they were, so I couldn't see anything. And did we own a fire extinguisher? I thought that we did, but where was it? And did I even know how to use it? Fortunately, this story has a fairly happy ending considering how bad it could have been. What happened was that my husband's 10-year-old laptop had overheated and caught on fire burning the carpet underneath, but gratefully, the fire burned itself out before it damaged anything else. Our home smelled awful for days afterwards until we had it professionally cleaned by a restoration team, and we had to replace the carpet in that room, but like I said, it could have been so much worse. I walked away from that experience realizing that even though it seems like crazy emergencies will never happen to us, they can, at any moment, And we need to be prepared so we know what to do to protect our families and our homes to the best of our ability. Many of you listening may have had the same realization in the past 18 months with the unexpected COVID-19 pandemic, the Arctic blast last winter in the southern United States, and natural disasters, earthquakes, and wildfires happening around the world. If you felt an urge to get more prepared, but you haven't known where to start because it feels too overwhelming too expensive, or just too much for your busy mom schedule, today's episode is for you. I'm thrilled to be interviewing Melanie Papworth, founder of the website Plan for Awesome. Melanie is a mom of four and a stepmom of three, and her mission is to help busy moms simplify emergency preparedness for their families. I want to say up front that this episode is not intended to make anyone feel scared or anxious. In fact, it's just the opposite. Because when we're prepared, we can relax, knowing that if the worst should happen, we will be ready. Melanie is a delight, and I can't wait for you to hear my conversation with her. But before we jump into that, a quick word from this month's sponsors. First, jane.com. You already know that I am a huge fan of this online marketplace, which features the best of small shops and big brands with over 400 new deals every day. A few weeks ago, I did an episode all about how to get your kids to do a daily quiet time, and I was thrilled to see that Jane features a wide variety of children's toys that would be perfect for this independent playtime. From craft kits to magnetiles to kinetic sand to bubble fidget toys, there is something to interest every child on Jane.com and always at an amazing price. The deals at Jane change frequently, so to see some of my favorite toys that they currently have for sale – you can go to jane.com slash three in 30. And I'm guessing as you browse for your child, you might find something for yourself as well. They have such a beautiful and wide selection of deals for the whole family. And I'm so grateful for their ongoing support of the show. I hope you'll support them in return by going to jane.com slash three in 30 to find out more. And our second monthly sponsor is BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of therapy done 100% online. As I mentioned in the intro, our world has gone through a lot of unsettling changes in the past 18 months with COVID. This experience may have brought increased anxiety about your family's health, safety, or financial well-being. If you're feeling this way, you're not alone, and the licensed professional counselors with BetterHelp can teach you tools to manage your worries. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com/3and30 and fill out their intake questionnaire about what you're struggling with right now. Within 24 hours, they'll match you with a licensed professional counselor who can help you with your specific needs. They have counselors who specialize in anxiety, depression, LGBTQ topics, sleep issues, relationship struggles, anger management, and much more. As part of their partnership with 3 30 BetterHelp is offering listeners 10% off their first month with the code 3 and 30 So if you've been feeling unsettled the past year or so, why not give counseling a try? Go to betterhelp.com 3 and 30 to learn more. That's betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 And now onto the show. This is easy emergency preparedness for families. Let's go. Melanie, welcome to 3 and 30
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, I'm so excited to talk to you today about emergency preparedness. This is something that I actually do not know very much about. I have a lot to learn from you. And I was wondering just before we start, how did you even get interested in this and become sort of an expert in emergency preparedness?
1: Honestly, it's just kind of always been on my radar. I'm a planner. I'm a checklist kind of girl. And so I think I just naturally think ahead and think at the possibles, you know, well, what if this happened? What if that happened? And I'd say by college, when I was off on my own, I kind of started paying more attention to that because I felt responsible for my own life Mm -hmm. and my own well-being. And I remember getting cinder blocks to put my bed on so that I could fit canned food. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And flashlights and different things under my bed. And my roommates (laughs) made fun of me, but you know what? They are moms now and they are just like, oh my gosh, that was so great.
0: Well, and if there would have been an emergency, they sure would have been grateful that you had your canned food and your flashlights totally. under your bed Absolutely. in the in the dorm.
1: <laughs> well, and to be fair, they came to borrow stuff if they were making something and they were out of something. So, you know, it worked out.
0: Yeah. Well, and you've really honed that. And I feel like you have a really unique skill to make emergency preparedness seem so doable. And not something that's just for people with a lot of money or a lot of time, but something that any mom can do and needs to do in order to protect her family. And so I'm so excited to learn from you. And why don't we start in with the first takeaway?
1: Okay. The first takeaway is to start with the basics. So I think a lot of times people hear the words emergency preparedness, and if it's not a natural interest of theirs, they push it away because Mm. it is too big. It's too overwhelming. It's too expensive. I mean, you name it. It's just too much. And I think that that's sad. I think it's unfortunate. And that's really the main reason I started my website was to help those who felt that way. Mm. Because honestly, where something like food storage or 72-hour kits is important. Those are important topics and they do have a place. And I do encourage people to do those things. And I love helping people get those things in order. But if you jump straight to those things, I feel like you are missing a great opportunity to take care of the things that are actually really easy and cheap Mm. and have the most impact. For instance, a 72-hour kit most likely isn't going to save your life. It'll make you more comfortable if you have to evacuate and you'll have a toothbrush and some basics, but it's not going to save your life in most instances.
0: If you're in a house fire or if you're in those situations, who cares about your 72 hour kit? You just needed a basic evacuation plan and some fire extinguishers in your house, like those basic things. My church really emphasizes having a year of food storage to be prepared And I think that that's great, but I also think in some ways that that guideline has made it seem really out of reach. So for me, I'm like, oh gosh, a year of food storage. Well, when I have time to do that someday, I'll worry about emergency preparedness rather than just saying, well, why don't I just get some basic things done now, even if I can't quite meet that guideline at this point in my life?
1: Exactly. You just summarized my whole mission right there. Yeah. Because not very many people are in a position to go buy a year's supply of food storage. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean they can't start. It doesn't mean that there aren't other things that they could do.
0: Yeah. What's an example of just something super basic that many people are possibly overlooking that would be a great place to start with emergency preparedness?
1: I think your mention of fire extinguishers is a great one. Mm. Another one that I think is definitely less known and less talked about, I actually have a little example when I ended up needing this. So we had just moved into our home and so we had poured some cement to make an extra parking spot next to our house, kind of like RV parking, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was backing in there for the first time because I always back in to my parking spots. I think it's part of being prepared. Yeah. (laughs) It's just
0: who I am. That's so interesting. You can jump in your car and go if you need to. Yes. That's so smart.
1: I mean, this is a total side note, but I love that as I'm driving up to a parking spot, I can see if there are any, you know, animals or kids or Mm. items in my way. And so I like to back in when I have control after I've seen that the coast is clear, basically. Mm -hmm where I feel like when I walk up to my car, I'm not as focused on that. I'm just yeah. getting in and I don't remember to look behind my car. Yeah. And so I really do think, I don't know, under the surface, I think that the main reason I back in is on a preparedness level, you know? Huh, anyway, So interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I was backing in and using my side mirrors and rear view mirrors to make sure I wasn't going to hit the side of the house. That's where my focus was. And I completely missed the fact that there was a gas meter popping out of the side of our house. Mm. And I. And this was it. a
0: new house. So you weren't yeah. maybe totally familiar with everything in the home.
1: Yep. I mean, I had had no reason to think about it or to give it any thought until uh-huh. now. So and I hit it. I didn't just tap it. I mean, I was, you know, like as you're backing up our driveway right. is steep, but as you're backing up on an incline, you have mm-hmm. to push the gas like I was definitely pushing the gas. So I hit it. And it came halfway out of the house. I mean, it completely knocked it loose. Mm. And so I immediately stopped the car and got out. And my husband happened to be home and in the backyard. So he heard the impact. So he ran out. And just to give you an idea of the chaos that was at this point, when my husband ran out and he was totally confused, he had no idea what was happening or what had happened, We were having to yell at each other because the gas was so loud that was pouring out of our house. It was just this really loud hissing sound. Mm. Um, And so, you know, not only was I freaked out that I had just dented our car and ruined something on our house, but now we have a major emergency on our hands because we have gas pouring out of the side of our house. Mm. So I grabbed the kids who were in the car with me and we ran down the street And my husband was able to just grab our utility shutoff tool and turned off our gas. And Mm. it was no big deal. I mean, it was a big deal. I had to call the gas company. And I was super embarrassed to Mm -hmm. tell them that I had totally mangled our gas meter and they had to come out and fix it. But what could have ended totally tragically, I mean, that could have caught our house on fire. Our car could have exploded. You know, I mean, obviously, it was right next to the gas that was coming out of the house. But my husband was able to shut it down within seconds. Because he
0: knew where the shutoff was and he had a tool to do it.
1: Yep. And that's all it takes. I Mm. mean, how easy is that? So a shutoff tool is under $20 and you can get them on Amazon. Mm. You could seriously pause this podcast, order a shutoff tool, and it would be to your house within the next couple of days. Mm. It's under 20 bucks. And in this scenario, obviously, we knew where the gas meter was because I hit it. And that was why we were having an emergency But if you were to be told by authorities to turn it off, you would need to know where it was. So Mm. don't know that. Again, it takes five minutes, and it could really make a big difference in certain situations. So
0: Yeah. So that's such a basic thing that we may overlook thinking, well, emergency preparedness means getting a year's worth of food storage, whereas emergency preparedness might just start with learning where your gas and your water shutoff is and getting a tool to be able to do that quickly. I have a friend who was in the South during the Arctic blast this past winter, which I think was an experience that a lot of people suddenly noticed, oh my gosh, we are not prepared for an emergency. You never know what's gonna happen and do you know how to do all these things? That was a scary time for people in the South and for all of us watching them go through that. And she had pipes burst in her house and water started pouring through her ceiling. And she realized that she didn't know where her water shutoff was. She called a friend and said, is your husband home? Can he run up here and help me figure this out? And he was home and he ran up. But after that, I just thought, why do we rely on, well, my partner knows how to do that, so I don't need to do that. Because so often, we're not with our partner 24-7. Everybody who lives in the home needs to know how to do these basic things Needs to know where the fire extinguisher is. And I'm totally preaching to myself here because, to be honest, I don't know how. I don't know how to shut off my own gas and water. Even after having my friend have that experience, I still haven't learned. So now, Melanie, you have motivated me. I'm going to learn this week how to turn off my gas and my water in case of an emergency.
1: Perfect. Well, and honestly, gas and water shutoffs are probably out of all the basic things that I recommend that you start with kind of like as your emergency preparedness foundation, that is the one that everyone pushes back on the most. I feel like it's just, it's, it's yucky. You have to go outside. You have to use a tool. You, you know, it's all these things. And I get that because I am that girl. I am Mm. the girl who doesn't like to have to fix things. I'm not a DIY type of girl who gets a hammer and goes to Home Depot and build something like it's just that's not me. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, but this just isn't my thing. Mm-hmm. I get it. And I promise you it is easier than you think. And it's something that you do once you just have to find it once you have to learn it once you have to buy the shut off tool once. And then you can forget about it. It's not like you have to build something into your daily routines or yeah. this is not hard. So just do it
0: and keeping the shut off tool close to where you shut it off i don't even know the <laughs> i don't even know the terminology keeping it right there instead of like in some messy toolbox somewhere in the moment of an emergency you're not going to go dig through the toolbox you need to just have that tool right there next to the shut off valve and so you can do it quickly
1: yes i'm so glad you brought that up so i have seen some people who actually zip tie the tool to their water shut off, but then mm-hmm. you would need two. you would need one for your water and one for your gas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good idea. We just have ours hanging in our garage and I actually have a free printable. If you just go to planforawesome.com and click on start here, you'll get that free printable within a couple days. And it's not only just to tell you how to do it as a quick refresher. If you're in an emergency or let's say one of your kids was home alone and they didn't really know what they were doing, but they knew enough to know that they had to figure this out and shut mm. off the glass, There's instructions on there, but also it's just a visual thing to hang with your tool on your garage wall. So that Mm. that tool is always there. It's not in a toolbox. It's not going to have a chance to get misplaced Mm. because it has a spot from the moment it arrives from Amazon. So I highly recommend that that be part of this task for you is finding a permanent place for this. Yeah. Yeah. And when you mentioned
0: our kids may be in situations where they need to know what to do as well, I think that leads really well into your second takeaway. So why don't you start with that?
1: Yeah. So the second takeaway is to not let money stop you. And I say this because one of the big things with emergency preparedness is the cost. Mm. And there are so many free things that you can do to get your families prepared. And notice I said families, it's involving your whole family, Mm. it's having discussions with your whole family for kids of all ages. And so some examples of different conversations you can have things like fire safety. And I'm not talking about teaching them to not start fires. <laughs> Hopefully, that's already covered. You know, don't play with matches and things like that. I'm talking about if there were a house fire, if they heard a smoke alarm in the middle of the night, what do they do? Have you had this discussion? Mm. And I know that a lot of people, I, so I'll use myself as an example again. I had done this and I felt like I had taught my kids, for instance, if you touch your doorknob and it's hot, don't open your door, you mm. know, because there could be a fire right outside there. So I thought that I had covered my bases. I had taught them. And if not, go out your window. Well, it wasn't until I actually walked around the house with my kids and went to their bedrooms that I realized my kids didn't know how to unlock our windows. Mm. They were self-locking and they were kind of a tricky latch that you had to, you know, you had to push here and pull here at the same time. And so my kids would have known that they should go out their window and they would have been stuck. Mm. So I'm just a huge proponent of seeing the entire process through. And again, it doesn't cost any money to show your kids how to unlock the window. Another thing I learned as I did it with my kids was they couldn't reach their windows at the ages they were at the time. Mm. So one of their rooms, I had to buy a stool to keep in there because we looked around their bedroom and I couldn't find something that would be light enough for them to drag to the window and get out. So all of that, just under fire safety right there, all of that's free and it's just things that you would need to work through with your kids and walk around and actually do and practice and do practice runs. Mm. And it's so important. Just knowledge is power.
0: Yeah. We had a conversation recently of how would you get down from your window? after if you got out if there was a fire and like for one of my children it's easy because there's a little roof and the trampoline is right underneath it so right. it would be fairly easy in fact they do that anyway they jump off. <laughs> i probably shouldn't i probably shouldn't admit that <laughs> my kids definitely know how to climb out their window <laughs> let's just say that it's safe i promise everyone i'm not a bad mom they love it um now i'm gonna get some emails from people telling me that I'm a terrible mother, (laughs) but the other child does not have that. So we probably need to figure out getting like a little rope ladder or something, what he would do if he was in a situation where he needed to get out of his window. But you don't think about these things unless you consciously think through them and talk to your family. And my kids actually thought that conversation was really fun to like talk about if we had to get out, what would we do and where would we meet and all of that.
1: So I've got two little tangents that came yeah, up that. Perfect. Then is um, the fire ladder thing. This is our first two story. So mm-hmm. when we moved here, didn't even cross my mind. It didn't mm-hmm. even cross my mind. And this is what I do. Like, yeah. this is my hobby. Like, this is my thing. And it dawned on me a couple years after we had moved in, like, Oh my gosh, we don't have fire ladders. We need to get those, but fire ladders are heavy and mm-hmm. they're really intimidating, you know, and all the things. so, Again, if you are going to purchase a fire ladder, I think that a practice run. Now, we were a little too wussy to like put it out of a window, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we practiced it on our stairs. So we hung it over the top. We have mm. like a wall at the top of our stairs. And so we practiced it inside together. And it, like you said, it was so much fun for the kids. They had yeah. fun. They were like, <laughs> Again, I may not want to admit this, but they were like having races up and down and we made a day of it. It was super fun. Yeah, totally. So yeah, that is something that absolutely involve your kids and you've got to think the whole process through.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's fire safety. What are some other things that we may want to be prepared for that don't cost any money, but just cost time in that we need to sit down and have family discussions about these things?
1: Uh, Another one is earthquake safety. I know you mentioned that you had an earthquake recently. A pretty big one. For Idaho, right? 6.3.
0: No, I, I mean, it's not normal by any means, but there are some major fault lines here. And it was crazy. Like our bed started shaking. And we called to the kids and they all came. And I don't know what any of the protocols are, but we all just stood in the doorway. And I'm like, is that still what's recommended? (laughs) But we could like hear stuff falling off the walls downstairs. And it was crazy. You think this stuff will never happen. And then all of a sudden you're standing there and it's happening to you. And you're like, what are we going to do? If this turns into something major, what are we going to
1: do? Yeah. Absolutely. So I grew up in California and I ended up back here. I live in California now. So I feel like I've always kind of had earthquake safety on my radar, Mm. but things have changed. So when I was growing up, it was get to a doorway. Now it's not. The Mm. doorway is no safer than any other part of the house. So the big thing is to get away from windows and large things that could fall on you. Okay. Um, It's all just protecting your body from other items That could Mm -hmm. fall on you. So talking about what we did is we just walked around our home and in each room, we just said, okay, pretend an earthquake started right now. Where would you go in this room? And we just walked around our house so that everyone, we just helped each other identify the safest place in each room. And what if our whole family was here? We couldn't all fit under that desk. So okay, we would have the kids go under there and then we would go here or whatever. So just talking about it because yeah, when you're faced with the situation, it's too late, too late. You've got to act. So that's a big thing with earthquake safety. And I've heard people say, well, we don't live near a fault line. Well, do you ever go to Disneyland? Mm. Who's to say that you wouldn't be in the wrong place at the wrong time at a place that is on a fault line? or that that does experience earthquakes somewhat regularly ish, you know? Yeah. So it's not bad information to have. You're mm-hmm. not going to hurt your kids by teaching them about things that aren't very common in your area. So right. Earthquake safety is another great one. Um, power outages. This isn't necessarily life saving, but just do your kids know where your flashlights are and do they have working batteries and things like that just to alleviate stress if it were to happen? Yeah. Especially if you have younger kids that you might leave home alone for even short periods of time. Uh-huh. Can you imagine the panic that might ensue if the power was out and they didn't know where a flashlight was? So just mm-hmm. little things like that. Yeah a family emergency plan, having, you know, safe places. And we're not going into detail on any of these necessarily, but there are resources on my website. If you just search a specific topic that you really want to focus on or whatever, there's so much knowledge out there and just things to think through that Mm. totally free. Yeah. And just to bring back the 72 hour kit thing, one free thing that I think is one of the most impactful things of a 72 hour kit is your grab list. It's what would you grab? So if you don't have the money for a kit, for a pack, and all the mm. stuff that would go in it, at least have a conversation with your family tonight. Bring it up at dinner. If we had 10 minutes to get out of our house, what would be most important to you that survived? You know, let's say our house was going to be destroyed or or had yeah. the possibility of being destroyed. What would you want to make sure made it in the car?
0: You know, fires, like we've seen so many fires in the last few years in different areas of the United States and elsewhere that, yeah, what would you grab if we had to evacuate? Mm -hmm. And again, it's kind of a fun conversation to have where you're really thinking about what actually matters to us and what would we want to take with us. So involving them in these conversations that are totally free, that are connective, that can also make us more safe, I think could be really, really powerful. Yep. Okay. And what's your third takeaway?
1: My third takeaway is to grab a friend and bring them along. So, not on your grab list. <laughs>
0: not on your grab list. You're right. Wow. Grab That's your friend really while you're evacuating.
1: <laughs> bring a friend along in your quest for preparing your family. Okay. Um, and I say this for a couple reasons. One is motivation, it's great mm-hmm. to have an accountability partner for all things in life. But also, you can really help each other. Mm. Let's go back to the utility shutoff for a sec. If you aren't sure where your utilities are, your friend who lives in the same town, there's a really good chance their utilities are going to be in the exact same spot that yours are in. Mm. So it would be really great to have a friend to call and be like, hey, I'm doing the utility shutoff thing. And where's yours? Because I can't find mine. Mm. Or something like 72-hour kits a lot of stuff is better to buy in bulk. It's cheaper. It's more cost effective. Some things you can only find in bulk. And so to have somebody to share the cost and to split the pack with or whatever is also really helpful. So mm. bringing a friend along is really key, I think. Yeah.
0: I think that that accountability piece, that motivation, let's do this together is really, really powerful. And you have a really unique opportunity for people if they want built-in accountability with you. Tell them about the Marco Polo channel that you're going to be starting.
1: Okay. So I'm just doing it once for mm-hmm. one month, and it's in the month of September. For those who don't know, September is Emergency Preparedness Month, like National Emergency Preparedness Month. I'm sure everyone knows that.
0: Totally, right? <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. right so <laughs> on your September calendar. Yeah, it's right there at the top of mine. <laughs> of I don't know course. about everybody
1: else. Of course. <laughs> so in honor of that, I love that it happens in September because it's right after summer. So yes. kids are back in school hallelujah, they're really going to be back in school this year, which is great. Mm-hmm. But it's before the holidays. So I feel like September is awesome because it really is a month where we can dedicate our focus to something other than <laughs> kids, crazy holidays, summer, Vacations, whatever. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I just love that it's in September. So I am going to have a Marco Polo channel open for the month of September where I don't know if you're familiar with Marco Polo. It's basically yeah. oh, a video yeah. a video mm-hmm. texting app. And so Channels is a little bit different. It's a separate app through Marco Polo. And we will be able to have conversations about emergency preparedness. But my specific focus for the month of September will be guiding you through all of the basics that I recommend for the Solid Foundation mm. for preparedness. So each weekday, I have these things mapped out basically where you commit to 15 minutes or less each day, Mm. Monday through Friday. So you get weekends off and I will have a video every morning with the task for that day. And a lot of the days are way under 15 minutes. We're talking under five minutes, but some of them push the 15 minute limit. So I just need to throw that out there. So there will be a video from me every morning and then you'll have the opportunity to ask questions, bounce ideas off, you know, whatever. And I will just be super present that month helping you. I really just feel so strongly that there are a few basic things that every single home should have and every single family should know. Mm. And I'm just hoping that this helps reach more people and helps them finish the month out strong and, and leave September feeling so empowered. Yeah. To to face some of these emergencies head on. Yeah.
0: Well, this is something that so many of us want to do, but it like somehow gets pushed back on the back burner forever. This is such a great way to get people to actually do it. And when you say it's only 15 minute tasks, I'm like, okay, I can do it. You (laughs) had even asked me if I wanted to join the channel and I was like, I just don't know if I have the bandwidth. But then when you say only 15 minutes and I'm like, when am I going to do this? If I don't do this now, when am I going to do this? So I'm committing.
1: (laughs) No way. (laughs) I'm
0: committing right here on the air. I will be in the channel, everyone. You guys should join too. I will be in there. We can do this together and get prepared. And if they can't do every single day or get every project, is it something, is it a project every single day for every day of the month?
1: it is but you'll have access to all the videos all month long so this is also a program that i've had on my website for all of covid so for over a year but without your guidance without yeah the video thing is brand new this is my first time doing it but i've had people who have said they did it every weekend and they did all five you know they did monday through friday's tasks on saturday or sunday as a family mm. more like an hour and they knocked out a whole week so you can this is a self-paced thing i just I would love to see families knock it out and say by September 30th, we will be done with we'll all be of prepared, you know? But yeah. of course, if you have a day where you can't, it's not like the videos will expire. You'll have access to them. So really- Not like you're going to punish us if we yeah. give us a bad grade. <laughs> and I'll even let you ask questions for previous days.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just committed publicly on the air. So now I have to do it. So I'll put the link- to join that. I know it's July now. And so in some ways it's like, oh, that's six weeks away. But I think that that's good because that gives you a little bit of time to wrap up your summer, wrap your mind around that you're going to be doing this, kind of get ready, and then we can dive in in September. So I'm super excited and I hope that you guys will join me. And Melanie, thank you for being so inspiring and making this feel so doable. The last 18 months with COVID and the natural disasters we've seen around the world have had me thinking, I can't wait until we're in an emergency. It's too late at that point. And so you have just made me feel so motivated. So thank you for your work and for everything that you do for families.
1: You're welcome. Thank you also for just getting the word out about so many important topics. I absolutely love, 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 love your podcast.
0: Many, many thanks to Melanie for that inspiring conversation about how to prepare our families and our homes for emergencies. I hope that you will join me as she walks us through 30 days of emergency preparedness in the month of September via Marco Polo channel. Melanie has been so generous to offer 3 and 30 listeners a 30% off coupon code for this program with the code 3 and thirty, 30% off, so we have no excuse not to do this. You can go to planforawesome.com polo to sign up or find the link in the show notes. And here's a quick recap of our three takeaways on getting started with emergency preparedness for your family first start with the basics if the thought of getting a one-year supply of food storage makes you shut down and think nope i can't do this maybe someday when i'm older start with something much simpler than that that might be figuring out how to turn off your water and gas and ordering the tool on amazon to do it Or having a quick conversation with your kids about where they would go and who they would contact in case of an emergency. Which leads perfectly into our second takeaway. Don't let money stop you. If you don't have it in your budget right now to gather a bunch of supplies, then just start with gathering information. Figure out what you would do in your home in case of a fire and talk to your kids about it. Or make a list of your grab list in case of a wildfire or flood evacuation. This doesn't have to be hard or expensive. And third and finally, team up with a friend to do emergency preparedness together. You two can support each other in the physical tasks required with the project, and it will be especially helpful with accountability and motivation. I hope you'll consider doing Melanie's Marco Polo channel with me during the month of September so we can live out these three takeaways together. Thank you for being part of this community of learning and growth. I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a lovely week with your family.